Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. There's a fine line between genius and insanity, and we're walking it. It's the Marketing Madhouse. I'm Moira Vetter, your host for Marketing Madhouse. And today we are talking to Carol Godfrey, my old dear friend. I shouldn't say old. My <laughs> friend who's dear and I've known a long time. Is that better? Perfect. perfect. Um, and we're going to be talking about the four P's of marketing uh, and, and probably six, eight, ten P's of marketing, really, by the time we're done with it. Um, but specifically, um, the possibilities and the priorities that you have to juggle uh, when you're in the profession of marketing, uh, but then also sometimes life throws you curves and you kind of lean in um, and go a different direction. So uh, Carol and I work together. Uh, we've known each other 20-some years. Uh, she was SVP of Marketing and Product Development in the Energy Division at Southwire Company. Um, but you have a very interesting story. I don't know how you got from an Auburn engineer into marketing, but why don't you tell us about that journey? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, thank you. It is every day hanging with you is a good day, so thanks for being here. Um, you know, Moira, I started out as an engineer and got my degree in, in engineering. I think I just liked newness. I like change and I like making things different and better. And engineering rolled right into that. Mm -hmm. So did that for a good while, worked in product development and things along that line and saw things that weren't actually really reaching their potential. And so I had leaned a lot into the marketing side of it, like how in the world do we take these great ideas? And by the way, there are zillions of great mm -hmm. ideas, right? And you came alongside at times like that, and we mm -hmm. would say, we have this terrific way that we can make things better, mm -hmm. and yet we needed to have marketing along you know, with us. I'm just going to keep interrupting you, and we'll go Interrupt. back and forth. We're but, good. But one of the things that you just said about you would see things not reaching their potential. And you are one of the most positive people I've ever met. There are some people that see things not reaching their potential and see a lot of negativity, missed opportunity. But you're somebody that's like, oh, this thing could be so great, right? You know, like you're, there's this positivity thread that is always there. You know, it's funny because I, at one point we had, we had pitched a product, and this is a little bit offline, but we had pitched a product to the sales team, the commercial team. And um, a very senior individual on the team was just upset about something else, very drugged down about it. And so he used it as a way to co-op that meeting. Mm -hmm. And here was this great potential product that didn't reach it because everybody looked at the senior guy, the guy mm -hmm. with the gray hair, and said, you know, well, if Bill doesn't think so, then what in the right. world? And I've learned that there are a group of people who don't like change at all. There's a whole group who don't want it. But if you're the one who likes to lead it, you just have to keep leaning into it and bring a lot of people along with you. And mm -hmm. marketing is the key to helping bring people along with you. Mm -hmm. That's where... The, the, the possibilities are out there. We just, it's up to us to make mm -hmm. sure that they get exploded and the energy comes behind them. You know, there was a, there was a, I think it was a Harvard article that I read uh, years ago, and I have always associated working alongside you, you know, us in an agency capacity and you as the client. I always think of you in this article, but there was an article on 
the difference between big I innovations and little I innovations, right? Where there's all this little incrementalism uh, versus, no, this thing has huge potential. And I think you have an opportunity in marketing if you think about positioning, right? You know, this is not just promotion, right? Here, we're going to start with the P's now. It's not about promotion, right? It's about place and, and positioning of these products. And you always had that filter, Sometimes and sometimes you are working on something that's much smaller, and mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah. Uh, those things still have to happen. But as the head of the of either the product development, the marketing, the innovation side of the engine, you have to keep pushing yourself to be big and not get drugged down by you know somebody who says, "Well, I mean, what if?" Well, mm-hmm. there's going to be a million what ifs, mm-hmm. and. When you stay true to it, you acknowledge it, you say, gosh, I hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. and as we get to that point, we'll deal with it. But in the meantime, you have to keep pushing yourself to mm-hmm. bring people along with you because that, that full 60 70% of the people in the middle who are willing mm-hmm. to make change, if you help them, mm-hmm. they'll come with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we didn't say we'd do this, but could you talk for a second about the innovation, you know, even if it's just within energy, I don't think a lot of people know Southware Company because it's a privately held, you know, you've talked before about right. if we were a fortune company, can you just give a sense of what your responsibilities were? There? I had the pleasure to work for one of the larger privately held companies in, in the country and definitely here in Georgia. Uh, privately held also means that you aren't out publicly discussed all the time, but we worked in uh, the transmission, distribution, and electrification side. So very technical. So my mm-hmm. technical part helped me there. And so basically, um, all of the power that we're using today is delivered on a Southwire product mm-hmm. and had huge market share and wonderful things. To drive innovation there means you better be ready when wind energy starts to come onto the market. These are market disruptors. You know, mm-hmm. up until then, we didn't have wind energy. Mm-hmm. Better be ready for solar. You better be ready for all that. And often in in businesses like that where things are slow mm-hmm. and change is not infrastructure, fast. Infrastructure, mature infrastructure, market. Yeah. People get worried about change. And mm-hmm. you just have to help them be comfortable with it, uh, mm-hmm. including people around the executive team. Because I ultimately had an executive right. role. So helping your key leaders, your CFO, your CIO, um, and, you know, the, the balance of the team, your, your heads of operation, be comfortable with change. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I've always loved about working with companies like Southwire alongside we work with technology innovation companies they're especially mature market infrastructure technology you know companies they're just working on a different timeline right they, they, you still yes. need all that innovation you have to have it. just it's a different time the continuum. deployment timeline yeah. the time from mm-hmm. innovation to cash generation mm-hmm. can can be longer mm-hmm. um, versus if you're you know if you're bringing out the new version of the iPhone you, you obviously are right. in a much shorter seconds. timeline yes four seconds. exactly um, okay so before we get down into Wonkville on uh, <laughs> marketing and uh, the excitement of a large global organization Let's talk craziness. Uh, yes. So it's the marketing oh, madhouse. And, oh, my Lord. Uh, we have had long, storied careers, <laughs> and I want you to tell me about some craziness that you experienced in your career as a marketer. Well, you actually share one of those crazy okay. events um, with me. Um, we were a couple of years into my Southwire career, and we were undertaking a large um Re an entire redo of our website, and that's back when that was like uh, I don't know moving Mount Everest. It was yes. maybe easier to move Mount Everest. It's no easier now. No, it's, <laughs> okay, it's still moving Good. Mount Everest. Well, we were moving Everest yep. through our website, and so we had this meeting start at nine o'clock. I remember, and uh, you and I were going to catch up at a meeting at three, 
and things had gone left, left meaning left nav, mm-hmm. le- left, because that was when you had a left nav. <laughs> and we spent pretty much the entire time from 9 until one thirty or so talking about what in the world the left nav was going to work like. And I pretty much had lost my marbles because um, it had been co-opted by Well, wasn't <laughs> people. it? It was very much like a pole position exercise, right? Yes. Like our revenue is number one, so we, we go We should first, be number one. And then we're and the then another one revenue. is, no, we're, you know, no, it's really meant for this. And no, uh, we're the bigger guy. No, that product line is bigger. And at about one thirty, I had a flip and mm-hmm. said, none of this is related to the customer. Mm-hmm. None of it. Like the customer is the one who comes to the site, so we got to help them point in. And uh, that that got really Again, quiet. Crazy. Idea. So I show up in your priorities. Priorities, the Carol. Yeah. I mean, what are you thinking? Marketing madhouse. Mad. Mm-hmm. Be mad. Talk about the customer. So I showed up at your meeting, <laughs> actually quite mad. So maybe that was the problem. <laughs> and I I came in, and you guys looked at me, and everybody was looking at me, and it was a meeting. I was very excited to be attending, and I obviously didn't bring that energy in the room. And I said, uh, "You flipped the table." I flipped. <laughs> did I? I probably did. <laughs> And I said, my gosh, I just lost five years of my life in a left nav meeting. And everybody laughed, and I thought it was quite funny, and it actually was. And two days later, a T-shirt shows up. Actually, hang on. It's the T-shirt I have on today. You guys sent it to me. We'll post a picture of it. You guys sent it to me. It says, (laughs) I lost five years of my life in a left nav meeting. So, yes, you can lose five years of your life being in the marketing madhouse. You, you really can. Um, and I have, uh, and this has nothing to do with marketing, but it's mad. And so I want to share it. It has to do with Carol. Uh, so We were we, marketing together. We have a lot of stories, and we've done a lot of crazy things and been crazy places. And uh, in the early days of our company, when we were working together, we had a lot of trips. And I feel like I was traveling all the time. I was going to the West Coast and here all over. And so we had to go to Portland, and I think I was coming from somewhere and going to Portland, but it was all harried. And I remember we stayed at some really nice place in downtown Portland, and the Occupy protesters were there. So we were kind of, remember that? We were sort of trapped in the We trapped. We couldn't go out. And so we couldn't go out. Anyway, we came in, and our meeting was 9 a.m., first thing in the morning. And I unpacked my bag, and I got up, and I started to get ready, and I realized I didn't have any shoes. (laughs) So I had no shoes and my nice outfit. And this was a time, you know, these days people would just wear the damn sneakers, right? Yes, exactly. You did not wear sneakers. <laughs> and so I had to call Carol. And what size shoes do you wear? I wear seven and a half. Okay. Okay. Seven and a half. Okay. I felt like they were bigger. Anyway, so I had to wear Carol's shoes to the meeting because I was in Portland with no shoes. You were kind of flopping in. Yeah, so, I did yeah, flop we, a little we looked bit. a little mad. But, yeah. but anyway... We got it done. That's right. Whatever it takes. You, Whatever you've it always takes. been very willing to share. <laughs> um, so we are going to be back in a few minutes with Carol Godfrey. And um, I think this is going to be really exciting because uh, you have a big story. And your life uh, past corporate marketing has, you know, turned a lot of corners. You've, you, we've talked about getting curves thrown at you. Um, you have an amazing story, you and Gary, your husband. And so we're going to talk about uh, both corporate marketing and sort of uh, living up to your passions. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Let's okay. hit it. Perfect. We'll be right back. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. 
First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. And we're back with the Marketing Madhouse and our guest, Carol Godfrey. And we're going to talk a little bit more about corporate marketing because that's that's really, um, I think it's where you spent sure. the bulk of your career. Yes, we, we already talked about the strangeness of going from <laughs> engineering to marketing, which is not strange because, as you said, it it's about innovation and change and influence, um, which, which you use. But talk a little bit about marketing how did you start your marketing career what is what is it to be a corporate marketer so you know you were talking about the p's on on that side of uh, side of such marketing on the corporate side is really about advancing initiatives mm -hmm. so choosing those key priorities that are out there maybe that's one of the big mm -hmm. p's that we're priorities. talking about priorities and then helping them advance and mm -hmm. really escalating and using the passion of the organization to get it done. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I think about marketing on our side, when we were in the very much B2B marketing mm -hmm. arena, and so there it was about activating customers and bringing them into finding the real problem mm -hmm. that was needed to be solved, and then providing them with the good solution which is there. But you have to touch them. And sometimes, you know, we were marketing to engineers, and so mm -hmm. you got to speak engineer to engineer. Mm -hmm. uh, but you also have to help them make change. And mm -hmm. so marketing in a corporate world is often about helping people get comfortable with change. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And we did uh, a pretty fair amount of that mm -hmm. in our thing. My marketing expertise uh, that I really liked was helping the organization through those changes. Mm -hmm. um, but what you find is with marketing, and I found this, maybe maybe others have found it too, um, very other traditional executive roles around the, ro around the room, your CIO or maybe your, your, your CEO, mm -hmm. um, even your chief financial officer, mm -hmm. your CFO, people don't often try to take over their area of expertise mm -hmm. and speak into it. So, yeah. you know, it's not like you're going to, as the head of marketing, I'm not going to be the one who's going to tell the CFO, mm -hmm. the head of finance mm -hmm. and operations. I don't agree those with things. your assessment of the or financial Or I'm going to try to act yeah. like I'm a financial expert. Right. I'm not the financial expert yep. in the room, but people often seem to think that they're the <laughs> marketing expert mm -hmm. in the room. Mm -hmm. And my expertise came through on the job learning and actually engaging with other smart folks like yourself. But um, we would find that and, and often the, somebody like even our CEO would often have an idea. He had a one one time we had a product line and he really came up with this great idea of how we were going to market it. And it really ran completely in the opposite direction of what the product actually did. Mm -hmm. And so as the head marketer in the room, you have to stand up for that. Yep. And you have to stand up for what is true to the product, what is true to the innovation, what's true to the brand. Yep. And it's often not what's true to the CEOs thinking about how yep. that product should be marketed with yep. this great picture of this thing. You bring up a good um, point that I think is something that we struggle with, you know, as as an agency. Um, often we are we are looking from the outside in, right? So we can see more clearly some of these um, 
misalignments, right? Sometimes there's agenda, right? And you can clearly, somebody wants their fingerprint on something. Yes. Or somebody wants something to go this way. Somebody likes a headline, right? You know, yes. somebody wants to be creative and put yes. their 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 uh, advertising hat on and, and you know, craft a campaign. Um, but it, it is hard to be the one to say, I don't believe the customer will respond to that and you aren't the target audience. And that takes some... Uh, finesse at mm-hmm. different times. Mm-hmm. But if you don't speak it into existence, and you've seen it happen, Moira, if yep. you don't speak it into existence, you are really putting your product line at, at risk. Yep. You're putting your financial model at risk and such because you know that this is an agenda outside mm-hmm. of what the customer sees or what outside of what the product is meant to do. Mm-hmm. So it takes a little bit of guts to do it, mm-hmm. but you got to do it because if you yep. don't, what happens is you you've opened up a void, mm-hmm. and you said my my expertise as a marketer mm-hmm. is now less and diminished. You would never do that to your head of operations. You'd never tell your head of operations, "Hey, I got a, you know what? I, I got was a better just idea thinking. I got a better idea. We should get rid of that extruder, and yeah. we should just put in a bunch of Play-Doh machines mm-hmm. that squish stuff out. I mean, you yeah. would never do that." But um, it happens to marketers, and you need to be aware of it and and develop your expertise around standing true for the core principles of marketing. Exactly. You know, something I find, too, um, because change isn't a thing that, okay, we've changed, right? Like All of this stuff is a process, right? Repositioning, becoming something. And so I think there are places that people have confidence or courage to do certain things. And then the closer you get to launch or closer you get to whatever, it gets harder and harder. And I definitely feel that when when we have um, campaigns, and I I, I had an experience like this where uh, someone really wanted to be bold and different, and we came in with concepts to reposition them, and all of the executives, when they were faced with it, got really uncomfortable. Yes. And so we kind of took it off the t- I said, you know, maybe you're just not ready. And they all actually, this was the one, one of the few times in my career, they said, you know what, you're right. We said we wanted to be different. Get it back out. Put that safe stuff away. And, and they became that. That reminds me, it, and the story is a little more operational than mm-hmm. marketing related, but we used to do things when we would come in and change up an entire way that a product line flowed down, down a, a factory floor. We were in manufacturing. I love manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And we would have these big Kaizen events. They call them Kaizen events at the mm-hmm. time. And we used to have the principles, you know, everybody could speak their piece. Everybody could, you know, be involved. And the one that I added later on is the Thursday effect. And here's the Thursday effect. These events used to run Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. And on Thursday morning, we would lock down what we were going to present to the leadership team at on Friday. And people would get scared. Panic. Panic. Panic would ensue on Thursday morning, and people would say things like, we never should have done this. We never Mm -hmm. should. Oh, my gosh. Because they would Mm -hmm. get scared. And listen, change is scary. It's okay. So we actually had a thing which said, on Wednesday night, you know, look, you can't can't show up on Thursday and sabotage things. And we'd be well Mm -hmm. aware of it to give people the feeling that change is going to be big, Mm -hmm. but you can't wait until the end and then voice your opinion because it sabotages the whole team. But uh, so when we used to have that Thursday effect, mm-hmm. it was one of the things. No Thursday effect. We're not going to yeah. do it to each other on Thursday. You, yeah. Monday through Wednesday, you can voice all you want. Yep. But Thursday, you got to be on yep. board. And maybe that for a marketer is something to remember in the back of your mind. When the big change is finally going to happen and people have to sign up, 
you have to give them the the warning that we're not going to get to the end and then not have voiced things that we need right. to voice. Right. Yeah, no, totally. And, and you know, I think, um, you know, we're talking about the P's and passion is something we're going to talk about as it relates to your life later. But passion is equally important, right? In in these places, it, we're, we're, it's not all this mechanical decision making that's happening. Very like, rarely is it, when, right. especially when it's big, when the change is big. Mm-hmm. If it's small, if we're talking about blue or green, mm-hmm. we're probably not going to get we're not going to get mm-hmm. to a Thursday effect. Yep. But if you are talking about launching an entire product line into a new space and mm-hmm. spending, you know, in in cases that we used to run, you know, you'd be talking about asking the board of directors for you know, $60 million in mm-hmm. a particular product line. That mm-hmm. presentation has to go well, and you can't right. get right to the end of it and then say, oh, golly, mm-hmm. I really don't feel real I'm good not about sure. that. Yeah. <laughs> you yep. got to have, you got to be a little bold there. You got to have your yep. own passion in it. Along the way, though, you have to bring it along mm-hmm. the way. You can't wait till the end. That's where the pants, big boy pants. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's that pant. You got to put your big boy pants <laughs> exactly. on for that decision. Exactly. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about. Um, about marketing and something that I think uh, is interesting, you know, I, I have, as we're talking, I'm mm-hmm. making little notes and I wrote down, let's figure this out together, right? Because I feel like a lot of uh, the experience that we had working alongside yeah. you and teams of engineers really was, and guess what? Spoiler alert, this is what we're all doing every day. We're figuring it out together, right? True. These are new mediums. They're new offerings to market. The markets are changing. You know, you're diversifying, which means there is not a playbook that is going to tell you exactly how to do it. It's not black and white. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that, about just the the idea of figuring it out together in corporate marketing? Gosh, so sometimes you're bringing in people and they are uncomfortable with the fact that we're going to talk about marketing and, and that in, in the arena, that marketing's going to be at the table. But you really need to be. Your product innovation team is usually right there. Sometimes when it's very, very new, Moira, one of the things we found is if it's very new, we would bring in a third party, an external party, to sit alongside of us through the entire process mm-hmm. so that – and the third party would be you know a vendor of some mm-hmm. sort – um, somebody, research a firm. research firm, yeah. a, a, a marketers, a marketing and external marketing firm such yeah. as yours, because that gives people the confidence that our newness, while new to us, mm-hmm. might not be new to, say, somebody else, yeah. the Moto Moto team. Right. They right. actually have had a client who did this, right. and look, we got to the other side, and um, everybody yeah. was was very successful. So we would bring along. Um, a third-party firm yep. in those cases to help us. Right. To Sometimes really do. it is. It's a safety blanket or another opinion, or and it's opinion. It's an opinion that can get voiced. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we also used to joke about the hundred-mile rule. If they're from more than hundred miles away, they're obviously smarter. Uh, I oh, don't that's think that's so really sad. dumb. But yeah. it's dumb. <laughs> we used to joke. Just make sure they're not yeah. in there. Um, but there's a lot we of that there. that happens. There's it a does. Lot of that it does. It does. It does for sure. Um, okay, so we're now we're going to take uh, a complete left <gasps> turn, which is yes. what happened to you. And uh, so sometimes you're cruising along. Yeah. You were an engineer. You sold lots of stuff. You did all this amazing marketing stuff, and you were on top of the world. And things happen, and you get interesting phone calls, and you go to right. interesting meetings. So what happened that changed your journey? Oh, gosh. So I had accepted a position at Southwire to run something totally new, totally mm-hmm. outside of product innovation, development, marketing in a, in a November. And was it was an area of the company that we were struggling with. So I'm rocking along and 
And my husband, whose name is Gary, you'll get to know him a little bit over the next couple minutes, Gary um, had been having some trouble doing a few things. He, he was a basketball player in college, and he couldn't make a free throw at the, when he was scooping around playing, you know, just pick up mm-hmm. sports. Now, he will tell you that he never really made many free throws anyway because he wasn't that good free throw shooter, but he couldn't get it to the basket. Mm-hmm. He developed some weakness and such. Couldn't figure out what it was, thought it was this, that, and the other. So those things happened. And then things got a little weirder. And, you know, you go to Google University, Dr. Mm-hmm. Google. Yes, you know, you Dr. become a doctor. What Google. happens when, yeah. What happens when you have this, this, and this? So we were kind of expecting something, and we felt like we knew what it was. But we headed off to Emory, a dear friend of ours, got us in to see the head neurologist for the ALS clinic. Mm-hmm. And I'll explain what ALS is in a second, but his name is Dr. Jonathan Glass. We had a meeting with Dr. Glass, and he said, Gary, I'd love to tell you you have something else, but you have ALS. And ALS is Lou Gehrig's disease. That was January 8th of, well, I guess it's been four years ago. And when Glass said those words, it's a big gut punch, because we've mm-hmm. been to Google, right? We knew what this yeah, meant. Yeah, we've been to Google. And um, we were like, oh, goodness. So ALS, uh, you might remember ALS as a marketer from the Ice Bucket Challenge. Mm -hmm. Remember when we all dumped ice over Mm -hmm. our heads? Mm -hmm. We screamed and yelled and made a donation to the ALS Association. That's what that was. You might also think of it as Lou Gehrig's disease. Lou Gehrig had this particular disease. It is a neurodegenerative disease, similar in scope to like Parkinson's or um, you've also got, uh, we have Huntington's disease Mm -hmm. in that arena. Mm -hmm. And then you have Alzheimer's is also a neurodegenerative disease. So basically for my sweet husband, um, he his mind is completely intact. Your sweet six foot eight. <laughs> six foot eight basketball Ginormous <laughs> Big old dude. They, you know, the big guy is his mm-hmm. nickname. So the big guy gets told, guess what? You have ALS and you will lose control of your muscles. That's what ALS does. It no longer allows the motor neurons to communicate with the brain. So your motors, your motors, your muscles don't mm-hmm. move anymore. So Gary lost control of his arms, legs, hands, speech, um, breathing. He now has a ventilator and breathes mm-hmm. through a ventilator. Mine's still intact, sharp as ever. Mm-hmm. So that's what ALS is. And we knew that we would be on a completely different journey mm-hmm. than worrying about products or product mm-hmm. line development. So I worked for a little while longer, um, then took a sabbatical for a little bit uh, from work. Uh, took a, actually took a, a little time off to see if I could make it back, but couldn't. And so now I am a, what I jokingly call a passion-based marketer, but I also spend a good amount of time with my husband helping him and, and really helping him make ALS something that's known. ALS is not rare. It's just not common. So people don't know about it. A typical ALS patient might live three to five years mm-hmm. only. Gary's lived much longer Four and will probably now. live yeah. longer, mm-hmm. which is great. But they also lose their voice. Mm-hmm. And so can you imagine being someone like me and figuring out that your husband is going to lose his voice, not because he's going to lose his voice totally, but because to me, voice is so right. important. Our ability to make changes based right. on that. So my role has been to help him and to help all of those mm-hmm. in the ALS world really accelerate. Keep their voice, right? Keep their yeah. voice and yeah. be their voice. So how do I be their voice? You know, I, again, getting really personal. I yes. remember the phone call. Yes. I remember where I was sitting when you called me Gut punch. to tell me. Uh, and it was the, the conference room of our former office. And I remember you called and you said a couple of words and you started crying. 
For sure. And probably only time in my whole life I've heard you cry. You know, like I was like, oh, oh my God, gut, what is happening? Gut right? punch. Right? Gut punch. Yeah. And um, the thing I want to say about that is not the crying, because we're going to sit here and cry. But you are the most positive person I know, and you took the gut punch. And yes. pretty immediately turned this into uh, one of our other pieces is going to be power, right? Empowerment. Like, how do I take this? And we are going to turn this thing into something really powerful and positive. For, and for sure. Yeah. I, I guess I didn't realize that punch was going to be one of the yeah, pieces. Oh, punch. yeah. Well, <laughs> that, that, it, well you, you have take to be punch. able to take a punch. So you take yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So when Gary got diagnosed with ALS, I mean, we really knew at that point, my husband was a management consultant too, we had two choices. One was we could turn this into something that we wanted to mm-hmm. and wanted to, to accelerate. Or we could go home, which is totally great, and we could just totally internalize things, which would be fine, and many people do, and I'm, I'm totally comfortable with that. The Godfrey's are going to probably lean toward getting something done. Yeah. So Gary really took it, and we said, let's, let's do what we now call make today your best day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's really become the tagline and the way in which we move through our lives and that we also shine light on people who are living with ALS. And the key is living with ALS. We live every day in a beautiful way with ALS. It is not easy. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I don't mean to candy coat it. But when you choose to make today your best day, and that carries over to anyone mm-hmm. like you are making today your best day. Mm-hmm. I am having a best day because I get to be here with you recording this mm-hmm. podcast. It allows you also to schlep, schlep off or schlep mm-hmm. off a, a whole bunch of other people's mm-hmm silliness that comes at you you, that you're Mm -hmm. like I really don't want to own their their stuff so if I'm choosing and you move into the day very intentionally with that same sort of it is a brand I mean it's it's our personal brand one thing that I loved about it the the uh little girl that lived down the street or next door (laughs) neighbor had done a color uh had colored this beautiful rainbow lake sunrise and Gary had the tagline and Kirk Wells on my team who's worked with you and known you for a long time made these branded things and you said no this is our brand now this is our brand and this is who we are and this is how we'll live it and you guys sweetly enough helped me turn her artwork into what is the brand image Mm -hmm. that we use Mm -hmm. now and also our our um our website we actually have one which you guys did for us which thank you for that but when you take these passions that you have they're already in you right Mm -hmm. so you can't take carol godfrey and just set her aside when you're faced with something that changes your life and you move in a 180 degree different direction. It, it, well, I guess you can. I couldn't. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very hard to take, re, reprogram yourself into something mm-hmm. else. So how do I be my same sense of self? How can I still in, stay inside of me even when I'm no longer doing the corporate marketing side of things? But how am I doing that? And how am I making me uh, still feel fulfilled and still mm-hmm. able to do that. So we have poured a lot of our our time and, mm-hmm. and our own passion into making sure that we accelerate people who are already in the ALS space. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so we've come alongside. So what are it's some the same of, thing what I are some do. of those? Yeah. groups or things. Groups and things. We come alongside folks who are already having success in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a group here in Atlanta who was raising money actually and. Um, 
we're able to do that through a group called the Night of Hope. Mm-hmm. So Night of Hope raises money for the ALS clinic here in Atlanta. So we came alongside them, brought in our own passions, our own people, and our own um, pocketbooks mm-hmm. <laughs> to make uh, to to have an impact with yeah. the Night of Hope. And we've met through terrific people through that. Involved actually with Lou Gehrig Day and mm-hmm. through the Braves and doing things like that. Sporting is great. Been involved through Auburn marketing, through a lot of what goes on with Auburn basketball. My mm-hmm. husband played basketball at Auburn. And so been involved with them, uh, making sure that they're doing that, the ALS Association. Mm-hmm. And then we stood up one on our own. Gary saw the great opportunity, and I give my husband great credit for having good instinct and good insights, especially when it deals with sports. So we've come together during Rivalry Week in college football. There is nothing better than awesome college rivalry. Mm-hmm. Rivalry Week is terrific time. Well, we we are great Auburn fans and have been for a long time. Obviously, both of us went to school there. But our sweet friend, Carrie Good, is an Alabama, beloved Alabama football player. So we have formed we formed the, the Carrie and Gary Challenge to defeat ALS. And so um, during that week, it's the couple weeks right before the Iron Bowl, during that time, right around Thanksgiving, we we energized those two fan bases and the entire state of Alabama to be talking about ALS. Mm-hmm. So the governor brought out the proclamation that this was ALS Awareness mm-hmm. Week, and we were on the TV and doing that to see what we could raise fund-wise to help people in the state of Alabama mm-hmm. who are facing ALS. Mm-hmm. And so the very first year was last year. Great fun, raised close to $90,000 by getting mm-hmm. these two fan bases to compete against each other. Now, Gary will tell you that he kicked Carrie's butt. Um, <laughs> he loves to joke about that. Carrie will tell you he won't ever lose again, so the Alabama fans will win this year, and we will undertake that again this now, year. Now, see, you know, we're in marketing, so we know it's bad branding, but it would be great if whoever won could put their name at the front. So it could be Gary and Carrie <laughs> Jan- Challenge if he wins, you know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and um, and you and your team are helping it with mm-hmm. us with this this year. And we're going to bring on some new folks. But to take the passion that you have in your own life and to understand what, you know, moving your priorities and using your priorities for good, my goodness, it's it's been lovely. So the Carrie and Gary Challenge is a fun one. And one that we'll have a good time with this week, I mean, this this year as we roll into Rivalry Week. All right. Well, we wrap up this segment. One yes, quick ma'am. thing, because we're talking about Lou Gehrig's and we're talking about basketball and we're talking about football. We're talking about ALS. Is this a an athlete's condition? Right. Because I think everybody over indexes on athletes. Yes, they do. They do. They push it a little bit too much uh, to think that it is. The reason is because you know of the athletes. OK, yeah. athletes are public figures. You know mm-hmm. them. But what you don't know about is somebody like, well, now you know about her, but she's a sports writer. Her name's mm-hmm. Sarah Lang. She's 29 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's lots of people. The guy who lives down the street from us mm-hmm. in Auburn, Alabama, mm-hmm. literally 50 houses down from where we have our place in mm-hmm. Auburn, he's he's 35. Mm-hmm. He's had it for several years. He has an eight-year-old little girl. So mm-hmm. while you see it as yeah. athletes, it's actually... It's more um, about the, vis- the visibility, the visibility of, of the athletes. It actually affects veterans twice as much as it does non-vets. So Interesting. we don't know all the science behind it, but don't think of it as an athlete's disease. you got to mm-hmm. think of it as, um, you know, everybody from Stephen Hawking to um, my sweet friend who lives down the street from us, Lamar Woody. Perfect. All right. So we're going to uh, be right back with Carol Godfrey on The Marketing Madhouse. 
Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash john. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. We're back for the last segment of the Marketing Madhouse with our guest Carol Godfrey, corporate marketer and passion marketer and, and great person in general. Um, so to to wrap up, you know, when you know you you've just been through so many, you know, unbelievable situations again and and just facing all of them with again oh my god we're going to go into the piece with poise right (laughs) so beyond passion right you you really are a picture of positivity you've got composure um and you don't lose sight of what's important so you know uh, talk a little bit about um you know how do you do that how do you how do you stay balanced and how do you stay positive and focus on what matters you know, life has lots of transitions in it. I mean, you're a parent, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when when you were when you had the two little guys, at, mm-hmm. um, guys and girls, guys I mean, and girls, two yeah. little ones. <laughs> when you had little ones at home, my gosh, wasn't that a huge transition? Yes, huge transition. Mm-hmm. So when you get those transitions, um, you know, for me, it was it takes a little bit. You gotta you gotta you gotta recenter a bit. You gotta deal with the gut bunch, or in your case, you know, the having the the all those four little eyeballs mm-hmm. staring at you. Mm-hmm. Poop. You gotta, you gotta take a little time. That's the pee <laughs> the for the babies. The poop. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, <laughs> you got that for sure. <laughs> so, when you do that, you take. I've have found I've been successful when I've taken a little time to just let it absorb a little bit. But then you gotta roll back into it. And I've usually found that when I can bring people in to it with me and bring people along and bring things that I know along with me, gosh, it is actually joyous mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. you would be like you would say are you kidding carol your husband has als by the way if, i do if frequently you wanna... think that when i get on the phone with you i'm like what? you sound happier than anybody i talked to today you wouldn't wish als on your worst 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 enemy in the world i mean mm-hmm. you know i'm sure that well, I don't want to pick politics, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to say that. But, you know, we wouldn't wish that on the worst Anybody. ruler and yeah. dictator in the world. Yep. You wouldn't wish him ALS. So how do you roll through that? You do it. I've found I've been successful. And you would do this, by the way, if things were stinking at work. Let's say mm-hmm. you're the head of marketing and you've just figured out that you've had a data breach. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden your company's going to be in a world of hurt. And this great brand that you love is going to be hurt. Mm-hmm. Hurt, hurt, hurt. What are you going to do about it? You're going to bring some people along with you. Mm-hmm. We have brought along our lovely, we've gone out and, and, and brought in our Auburn engineering team. Uh, we went down, Gary had this great idea. you got to love the guy. He's got ideas. He says, um, what if I got the Auburn engineers to do their senior design product and project in mechanical engineering? 
and I got them to build me a bicycle. And I'm like, oh, well, Gary was a bicyclist before he got ALS. And he built, he got, so we went down and pitched the dean of engineering. And Chris said, yeah, let's do it. Let's make senior design for some engineers. We designed Gary Godfrey a bike to ride in Bow Bikes Bama, which is Bo Jackson's big event down there. And he'll ride mm-hmm. 20 miles on this in this bike, and that'll be great. Now, Gary's practically paralyzed. I mean, he's yeah. paralyzed. He's not really, but that's what it, it equates to. And so we they built him a bike, an inverted bicycle, senior design, great engineers. And to let those young people come along literally on this ride with us and get engaged with somebody, they will be better engineers. Mm-hmm. They will be better humans. Mm-hmm. And we will be better because we've been with them. Mm-hmm. So they built him a bike. We've, they've actually built two, version one and version 2.0. Version 2.0 rode this year. Got Gary up to 30 miles an hour, got to he- have Crazy. the wind in his face. Now that is, that's fun. So bring people along with you. There's your pay problem solving, right? <laughs> they right? had yeah. them, and they're mm-hmm. so cute. But they will be better people mm-hmm. because they were involved in that. So we'll do that. Um, and we brought along, too, I don't, the Carol and Gary deal doesn't work unless we have caregivers who are with mm-hmm. us. We have caregivers. I am lucky enough. I have been we were successful enough in our career, and I can afford to have caregivers with me. Many mm-hmm. people are not. So ALS can be crippling financially mm-hmm. to families. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about that, but it costs on average $250,000 out of pocket. A year. A year for a family to deal with ALS. This is crushing. That's mm-hmm. why we do the Carry Gary Challenge. But these things are crushing. And Gary and I are lucky. And I, I say this every day. I'm the luckiest person. Lou Gary said he was the luckiest man alive I, I, on the planet. I, I am. So Lou isn't here anymore, but Carol is. I'm lucky because I have that. So other people, we have to work for them to be able to do that. So, you know, we'll we'll work in that. We have great caregivers. They're amazing. Again, bring them in. But you got to look for great people mm-hmm. like you do in your business. Mm-hmm. You hire great people, mm-hmm. and, and you bring them along with you, and you mm-hmm. bring them along on your journey. So that's how we've been able to, to do that is bring these people into our lives mm-hmm. and help us on our journey. And they are the better, and we are the better with them in it. Mm-hmm. 100%. Well, I think we've uh, spoilered a little my last question. Oh. Uh, that, uh, that, but no, this is good. This is perfect. Um, so the last question we always talk about is, you know, give what's the example of a company or an organization that kind of checks all the boxes? And by all the boxes, I mean great brand in market, uh, great with their teams internally, great as a corporate citizen, right, community builder. Um, and so when we were prepping for this, yes. you talked a lot about, well, it's not really a corporation for me. It's Auburn. Um, so talk about Auburn and why is Auburn my, my, You know, I would say, you know, I, I was thinking about when you asked me, what do I think are some great companies who really represent that? And in this case, I'm going to tell you, I think it's an institution, Mm-hmm. And obviously, mm-hmm. the institution of Auburn, and in a time in which, in our country, institutions are under attack, and they are um, being attacked for what they are, um, that Auburn team and the people who've led it for years have done so, and, and they actually have their own brand statements. It's actually quite longer, though. They call it the creed, the Auburn creed. And I shared that with you, Moira, mm-hmm. um, when we were prepping here, and I said, golly, you know, when I think about it, maybe this is what it's like to serve people, to serve a community, and to serve a brand at a really high level. And so I think the creed helps center what we've done. It was established in the 40s, 
I think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. written in the 40s and hasn't been edited since, but it helps us anchor, it helps them, or, or the institution, helps those of us who support the institution to know who we are. Okay, so I'm going to speed read it because okay. uh, I think it it is it's it, it anchors us to all this. So this is the Auburn Creed for, for many people that do not know that they have a creed. I believe that this is a practical world and that I can count only on what I earn. Therefore, I believe in work, hard work. I believe in education, which gives me the knowledge to work wisely and trains my mind and my hands to work skillfully. I believe in honesty and truthfulness, without which I cannot win the respect and confidence of my fellow men. I believe in a sound mind, in a sound body, in a spirit that is not afraid, and in clean sports that develop these qualities. I believe in obedience to law because it protects the rights of all. I believe in the human touch, which cultivates sympathy with my fellow men and mutual helpfulness and brings happiness for all. I believe in my country because it is a land of freedom and because it is my home and that I can best serve that country by doing justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly with my God. And because Auburn men and women believe in these things, I believe in Auburn and love it. So from a brand perspective... Boom! Like yeah. boom, <laughs> boom! Right. Like from a, and from a marketer's perspective, boom. So you know when you talk about a spirit that's not afraid, mm-hmm. as marketers, we have to be a spirit that's not afraid. We mm-hmm. we have to be the one who's not afraid in the room. Okay, the whole idea of the human touch. Mm-hmm. My gosh, that's what we do. We do mm-hmm. the human touch every day, and you know, and to believe in those things, carry those things. There's plenty more in there, but I just yep. thought those two, from a marketing perspective, were there. They're very much of what helps us as the Godfrey's carry forward, but it's what your readers uh, and your listeners uh, for the podcast, I think, can help carry you forward in a way Mm -hmm. that's truly lovely. So Mm -hmm. today has been a joyous day for Mm -hmm. me, a best day. Gary and I say make today (laughs) your best day. It's been a best day for me. Well, that is wonderful. I don't think there's a better way to wrap that up. Uh, Thank you for sharing everything, this journey, this journey with me. Oh, my gosh, I can't cry now. Don't do it. Um, It's joyous. It is a great day. It is joyous. Thank you so much for being my guest today and a great friend. And uh, we've been talking about a lot of craziness. So everybody knows there's a fine line between genius and insanity, and we are surely walking it. I'm Moira Vetter, and this is Marketing Madhouse. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey, sandwich lovers. Today's your lucky day. There's a whole new way to roll for lunch or dinner delight with Nucky's Hoagies in the Roswell Corners Shopping Center. Now open. Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell is family owned and operated by the subsisters, Stacy and Shannon, whose love language is food and Nucky's Hoagies, their passion. When you bite into a Nucky's Hoagie, you'll taste the difference. The softest hoagie rolls ever, along with hunger-quenching sandwich combinations. Make Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell on Woodstock Road your new favorite spot for lunch or dinner.